Oh, hey there. Can we please talk about everything that happened at UFC 267 along with taking a quick look at uh, what happened in the news? There wasn't a huge amount that didn't really already take place at UFC 267, but there were one or two things. Also, I'm in a little bit of a debate on uh, one of the groups on Facebook. I'd like to get you to weigh in on it. I am probably being a dick. Let's be f I am probably, but we'll get into that a little bit more later in the Burt Locker. I think this is episode 92. So, yeah, let's get cracking. <laughs> So, uh, UFC 267 recap. Man, was it a good night for the danger beards. You know what I'm talking about. If, you've, if you're fighting somebody, you know, if you come across somebody who has one of those like chin beards, the Amish chin beards, and has an Eastern European sounding name, then you should probably not mess around with them because they'll probably, they'll probably whoop your ass. And that's what we found out. I mean, we already kind of knew that was going to happen, didn't we? I mean, I had a couple of bets on uh, going against the Danger Beards, but they were long shots. As we all know, my bets are long shots, but did get a couple. So Magomed and Kalayev was one of the ones that I got. Uh, it was, this one went more or less how I thought it would. Ozdemir did, he did manage to close the distance a couple of times. He didn't do enough damage. And Ankalaev did what he needed to do. He might need to start being a bit more spectacular going forwards because let's be fair, this is entertainment first. As much as people like to try and ignore that, it is entertainment. And his fights aren't huge spectacular a lot of time, apart from when he's knocking people out. He did knock out Kutaleba twice in a row. So we'll give him that one. But yeah, went exactly how I thought. Hamzat Chimaev versus Li Jiangliang. Now, Obviously, you know, I thought I gave Jiang Liang a chance in this one. I was wrong. I hold my hands up. I forgot how good Kamzat Chimaev is. Now, thing is, is like the reason this one piqued my interest a little bit more than his other fights is that Jiang Liang is actually, he's tough as old boots. He really is. So to put him away in the first round in that spectacular fashion, that is something to really take notice of. It's not that I wasn't on the Kamzat train. I was very impressed with him. But I thought this might present more of a challenge. I thought it may go further than the first round. Boy, was I wrong. Holy shit. The fact he actually picked the dude up, carried him over to Dana White, talked some shit, and then slammed him down and choked him out. Uh, that dude is special. Danger beard, dangerous man. Terrible bet. Then we had Alexander Volkov versus Martin Tybura. Now this one, it was a decent enough fight. I thought both of them looked okay, to be fair. Volkov did enough. He just kept at range and did enough to avoid too much damage. I still stand by my statement that Tybura is about as game as they come and he'll be back. And uh, yeah, you know what? It wasn't too bad of a bet because, come on, you still have plus 350 on Tybura. And you know what? It was a closer fight than that. Let's be fair. Terrible though, because obviously the bet didn't come off. Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. Wow. I mean, obviously I took the I took the value on Dan Hooker, but good God, that was um, that was terrible. I mean, it should have been a thousand to one. Looking at it, really, Makachev just looked sensational, didn't he? And another danger beard. Another danger beard. Another dangerous man. Terrible bet. Absolutely awful. Then we had the main event. Well, no, the co-main event. Sorry. Peter Yan. This was such a good card that I, I glanced at that and I was like, well, Peter Yan must be the main event. No, Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen for the 145 title. You know what? I was quite surprised that this went the distance, if I'm honest. I really thought I was quite confident in Yan getting the finish, but fair play to Sandhagen. He's, he's pretty durable. Uh, the sound fundamentals of Peter Yan, though, are too much for Sandhagen. And I did feel like 
Every now and again, as I mentioned, those knees at the middle were causing some problems for Peter Yan. Some people said that it was 2-2 two and two going into the fifth. I think those people are wrong. I think it was 3-1 to one in favour of Peter Yan, quite clearly. But it doesn't even matter anyway, because Yan won the fifth round, I thought, relatively clearly and people people so i've seen some people some people just don't have enough to complain about they're calling that a robbery it's like what planet are you living on guys like peter yan won and i thought it was relatively clear the value was there on 310 for the ko i really thought that he might be able to get the get the finish but you know what uh, that part didn't pan out but what did pan out for me was yan blakovic against glover Teixeira. now wow what a story what a story that is you know uh, glover Teixeira coming in at the age of like whatever it is, 42. And uh, I do know he was born in the 70s because I'm going to come to that in a second. And uh, yeah, great performance. Uh, you know, Glover's the crafty veteran. And I did say that, you know, if he's going to win this one, it's likely going to be a submission. When you look at his submission pedigree, his uh, ground game is just phenomenal. He did rock Yan on the street, on, on the feet, first of all. It was just a very good performance from Glover to Chera. Fair play to him. So happy for the bloke. Gutted for Yan. This one was a fight where I didn't really want either fighter to lose, but obviously somebody has to lose. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just a very good fight. Fantastic bet. You got seven to one on Glover to Chera by decision or by submission rather and I thought that was like I said that the odds were far too long considering how likely how much Glover likes to go for those submissions so yeah great bet great fight really really great event so then I want to just go back to very quickly basically I've gotten into this little debate on on Facebook it's not real don't worry it's online so it's not real people but basically uh I'll put the I'll put the post up here so this guy like commented out with this tweet saying Glover Teixeira is not just the only fighter born in the 70s to be a champion. He's the only fighter born in the 70s who is ranked altogether. Number one, I would say that's not true because Andrei Arlovsky is ranked 18th in the heavyweight division. He was born in 1979. So, OK, what Glover did was very impressive. But also, I don't even like the way that's worded. He said only fighter born in the 70s to be a champion. That's not true either. Tito Ortiz was born in the 70s. You know? Andre Arlovsky, he was the champion as well. He was born in the 70s. Anderson Silva, born in the 70s. There are so many fighters that won the UFC title that were born in the 70s. Now, I know, because people are saying, oh, but clearly he means, like, you know, current champion. It's like, the post doesn't say that. The post says, only fighter born in the 70s to be a champion. That statement is not correct. So all I did was say that that's wrong. And that Orlovsky is, um, is ranked 18th everywhere. And they've said that, okay, um, the UFC only count top 15. Okay, that's fair. Doesn't say top 15, though, does it? It says who is ranked altogether. Like, he says altogether. Like, ranked 18 is ranked. That's, it is what it is, right? But then there's this one guy who keeps on going on. 11 replies and counting. Can you believe that shit? Do you know Just talk about how, how do I always read things, do you know what I mean? insist on reading things like correctly or is there only one way to interpret something? There should be no interpretation required. Am I, be, am I being a dick here, right? Because all I was pointing out was that the statement is made is it's not factually correct. He could have tidied that up so easily how because people are saying oh how hard is it to interpret how hard is it to put current champion only current champion to be born in the 70s there you go don't only current champion to be born in the 70s and beyond the official rankings there you go 
even uses less words, less characters. Why couldn't you just do that? But instead, people are coming at me saying that apparently I'm being unreasonable for wanting for, for just saying, look, all I said, basically, the way this conversation should have gone, it should have been, yeah, okay, I see what he's trying to say, but what he should have said was current champion because what he's actually said isn't correct. And then the other person should have gone, yeah, yeah, no, you're probably right. He could have worded it a little bit better. But instead, this fucking joker has just been coming back at me. And then, I don't know, he said that I was trying to make some sort of point. He was just, he kept on going back at me. And then the last thing he said was, uh, yeah, I'm fine with it as it is. It's a tweet, not an article. People with half a brain got it. Then we have you. <sighs> yeah, that's a good one, mate. Good, good one. I guess, I guess you got me. Jesus Christ. But all I'm saying is how hard is it to kind of, I, I don't, I know, I know it's not an article. I know it's not, it's not, it's not a government document, dude. It's like, yeah, but it still doesn't say the right thing, though, does it? How hard is it to say the right fucking thing? How am I the bad guy here? Write your fucking tweets better. Right, Joey, because what you said isn't correct. You know what I mean? It's not, Glover Chair is not just the only fighter born in the 70s to be a champion. That's not true. Loads of champions were born in the 70s. You fucks. Anyway, I don't feel like I'm being unreasonable there. Let me know in the comments. Maybe I am being an asshole. I am being a bit of an asshole. Yo, I'll be honest, I was just a little bit bored. And I was just like, every time you replied, I was like, <laughs> oh, he seems to be way more upset about this than me. Whoops. But yeah, but, uh, yeah no, he got away with calling me a half brain. So <sighs> I guess the joke's on me. But anyway, I would just like to say that if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, share. Very important, very important for the growth of my podcast. If you see me post about my uh, about my episodes, please just share it. Share it online, share it wherever you can because it really helps me out and it means the world to me. If you wanted to show further support, you can check me out on the Patreon as well. Uh, the Patreon is The Burt Locker on Patreon. There are uh, you know, There's extra content, early access to content. We have a good time over there. And uh, yeah, so it's all about growing the uh, podcast because this is what I want to do. I, I, I enjoy doing it. And I would like to make it better. And that's it. Thank you very much. Anyway, referee, the, the news here, one of the biggest bits of news was obviously that referee uh, Vyacheslev Vislev, Kislev, Kislev, he got removed from the 267 card after letting Benoit cop a sweet beating, man. Whoo, man, that was, that was a beating. He was copping it sweet, as they say in Australia. And uh, yeah, you know what? When I was watching it, I thought it was a bit crazy. Uh, DC wasn't happy, nor was Big John. They both they both stuck in their two cents. And uh, so yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, had some technical difficulties. I had lost the tweets that I had already brought up earlier. But anyway, Daniel Cormier said, honestly, it's the worst performance I've ever seen from a referee in my life. Honestly, it's a hard job, man, but that's unreal. And to be fair, he's not wrong. When I was watching it live, I was like, holy shit, man, this. I mean, what is, he's standing there, like, staring at him, like, right next to him, just watching him take knees and punches to the face. He was an absolute mess. I was like, oh, dude, 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 you got to stop this. I wasn't, I wasn't going to start shouting out, stop the fight, because, you know, I love a bit of violence, but, and, you know what, maybe they should get that ref in more often, because, because uh, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Poor, poor Benoit. But you know what, Benoit's a fighter. He's, he's ex-special forces as well. So that was part of the problem. His toughness was his own worst enemy there. Randy Brown said, besides this ref being trash as hell, when are we going to have a conversation about the negative stigma MMA has about throwing in the towel? I say, live to fight another day. This man's coaches don't care for his life. You know what, 
I don't think he's wrong. I think there is a bit of a stigma about throwing in the towel and they need to get rid of that because the, the, his coaches could have stopped that fight anytime. Benoit's tough, man, but he was never he had no avenue to win that fight. It was it was tough to watch at a certain point. But yeah, you know what? And that's probably the last we're going to see of Kislev, I would imagine. I mean, yeah, that's not a good look, is it? Getting removed from the card. But anyway, Sean Strickland has been saying, saying a lot of crazy stuff. Now, he said that he wanted to... You know, he was, he was going to be a neo-Nazi at one point. And although when you listen to what he actually said, it just sounds like he had a very violent upbringing. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, an odd, he's an oddball. He's a weird Donny. But man, is he a good character. Join. Do you like Sean Strickland? Let me know in the comments. I think that he is exactly the kind of character that MMA needs right now. He's just, he's very real. He's very true to himself. People might not like some of the stuff that he says, but, but like people say, oh, he's talking about killing people. It's like, he's a fucking maniac cage fighter, man. Yeah, of course he's talking about killing people. He should be. Bring it. Bring it on. More people like that. Anyway. Let's move on to Troll of the Week. There's only a couple here because I've got somewhere to be. So I need to uh, to kind of start wrapping this bitch up. Um, my favourite one, you've got Kamzat. Both of these are Kamzat, basically, because uh, they picked up Jiang Liang and uh, carried him over. Beaver Smash here. They've done one. He's picked him up and it looks they put the, the swimming pool in the background. So it looks like he's throwing him into the pool. That is a good, that is a good photo shot, my friend. And I really enjoy that. And uh, yeah, the other one was brought to my attention by my number one fan. I would like to just shout out to Josh Watkins. Josh Watkins, big love to you, buddy. He's like he's one of my he's one of my long time long time fans of this show, and he's always he's always commenting, always letting me know where there's some good like MMA memes out there. And he brought my attention to this one, and it really did make me laugh. Oh, I was laughing, I was laughing far too hard at this. It's like Khabib talks to Dana, talks to Dana in between rounds, comes out after ten seconds of the first round. Hey, hold my Jiang Liang, because <laughs> it's like the hold my beer thing, like hold my beer, and yeah, basically. Kamzat Chimaev is just taking the world by storm and he's doing it in style. And I'm a big fan of that. Huge fan. So anyway, I'm going to be placing a lot of bets. You've got Kamara Usman taking on Colby Covington for the second time this week. That's going to be interesting. This is a good card. Rose Nami Yunez is back in there. I think she's isn't she rematching oh, um, Zhang Weili. Fucking hell. How did I think that's so... Do you know when you know somebody? Oh. I need to, I need to, I need to sort this out. It's probably just a brain tumor or something. It's all fine. It's all fine. Anyway, but yeah, the other big fight, obviously, Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. That one, so, like, you know, everyone's been looking forward to that one. Shane Burgos is back as well. Marlon Vera against Frank Yeager. I forgot that one was on the card. Hello. Yeah, some real solid fights on there. Bobby Green's fighting Ally Quenta. Holy shit. Did you know about that one? I did not know about that one. Ally Quinter versus Bobby Green. That is a hell of a fight. That's beautiful. Yeah, there's going to be some tremendous fights on there, guys. I'm going to be placing my terrible bets. And the um, the pre-bets making Shire will be exclusive for the Patreon on the Thursday. Friday, the Burt Locker Fights in 15 for UFC 268 will be live on the Friday evening. And on the Saturday, all the picks will be in on the YouTube channel as usual. So until then, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.